Hey guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church Indy. I'm Claire Kingsley, and I'm here with Pastor Joey this morning. Hey, everybody. We are in our series on Philippians, and on Sunday, Joey taught on Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. If you have not had a chance to listen to a sermon yet, pause this podcast, scroll up or down, depending on how your podcast feed is organized, to find our sermon on Sunday. And um, you can also find it on our website if you'd like to watch it in video form. And you'll also see there are discussion questions that our pastors write uh, for you to be able to talk through with your family or your community group after the sermon. So that's there for you. But if you did listen to Sunday's message, you'd know that Joey talked on having a mind of Christ. Joey, why don't you take one moment to uh, tease that out for us? Yeah, sure. So uh, as we were looking at Philippians 2, 5 through 11, uh, there was really only one command in this passage, have this mind among you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And and Paul is, you know, of course, it's Philippians, it's a letter, like it's it's all connected, but he's, he's saying, um, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then if there is any impact from the gospel, then he says, complete my joy and, and uh, be of the same mind. Then, and then he tells us, like, have which mind? Have this mind, the mind of Jesus. And then he lays out for us um, what Jesus's actions were in emptying himself uh, and how that affects the way then that we think about being humble in front of one another. Mm-hmm. As, as he says a couple of verses up in... I stole a lot from Jeff's sermon last week, uh, but as he says a couple of verses up in before the passage that, that uh, we were considering this last Sunday, um, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And so he's saying, like, that's the mind to have. And you can have it because Jesus did it. Look at him. Mm-hmm. That was basically the sum total of the sermon. Thank you. Yeah. There are a lot more, there were many more nuggets, though. Than yes, I did. It was longer on Sunday morning than just yeah. just then. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Thank you. Um, so, Joey, what's one thing that you had to cut on Sunday because you were cut for time? Mm. Or yeah. many things. Many maybe. things, right? Yeah, this one, writing, okay, so, I mean, this is one of those passages, like, I feel like I keep getting them in this Philippians series. This is one of those passages that there's no end of research you could do mm-hmm. because everyone has written on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sure. one of those mountaintop I think I said mountaintop verses or scripture passages in the Bible that you go to, um, full of rich theology. And I was like, there's so much to say that my first draft was five and a half thousand words. Mm-hmm. And I shoot for like 3,800, so that's a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, even Sunday morning, ah, I need to cut this, I need to cut that, I need to cut this. And I, I cut out a couple things, uh, like big chunks. And then in the moment when I'm preaching it and my notes are behind me on the table, I was like, no, I have to tell that story. I have to put that in, and because it, it mm-hmm. you know, my my tendency is to cut illustrations in order to keep all the content, and I really need to reduce down the content and make sure I illustrate it better. So, instead, I just do both and go ten minutes long, great. which is what happened last Sunday. No one minded. That's great. <laughs> I don't know. I saw a lot of people walk out uh, two thirds of the way through. Your husband walked out, so. You saw that? I did see that, yeah. I saw him yawn, I think, twice and then, then get up and leave. So oh, apparently no. he had to heat up soup for a meeting. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Even Jenna saw that. Oh, saw him leave? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is embarrassing. Well, he makes a lot of noise whenever he moves. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Joey, uh, I did not mind that you went 10 minutes over. I'm curious to know, you said, like, there are... Parts that you have to, you wanted to cut out, you intended to cut out, but you mm-hmm. wanted to keep it included. 
So when you do, is it the final direction of the sermon always stay the same throughout the course of all these iterations? You always know where you want to get to, or mm -hmm. how often does even that final point change as you are writing your sermon? Right. As I'm writing it, the final point tends to stay the same. I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago about... Um, you know, early in the development process, you might think you're going one way and then end up going somewhere else. So sometimes the title doesn't match where you end up with the sermon. Um, but but this particular week, like I knew where I wanted to end up um, because like with this passage, the, the tendency, especially the tendency for seminary trained pastors is like, we've walked through this in classes where we're like, okay, when it says emptying, that's the Greek word kenosis. And we need to talk exactly what emptying means. And you know, the thing to be grasped is harpagmon or harpagnom or something harpagmon probably something like that i don't have the greek in front of me and it's like that word is hard to translate and we need to you know go through what all these things mean that's not why paul included this passage in or quoted this hymn in his letter to, to the philippians it wasn't because he wanted to make a systematic theological statement about high christology it was like look at jesus look at what he did so it's easy for you know, seminary trained pastors to bring to the passage the questions that we're trained to ask of it instead of the questions that people in the pews are asking of a passage like, why does that matter? Mm -hmm. Or how. So, or how, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was, I knew I always wanted to go that direction mm -hmm. when writing. The, the, maybe the funnier part is in delivery, especially once I get going, like usually at this point, I more or less ignore the last four pages of my manuscript and just preach. And so sometimes the conclusion mm -hmm. goes somewhere totally different than I had originally planned, or sometimes it's a variation on that theme, but uh, I at least know content-wise what I want to get across, but often the application of it or the conclusion of it just sort of happens while I'm standing in front of the congregation and, and getting the, the sort of nonverbal feedback that you get when you're speaking. Sure. Yeah, yeah trusting that God is... Yeah. communicating through right. you what we right. need to hear. And yeah, like this last week, first hour and second hour were really different. Okay. Um, so we put the first hour recording online, but um, I'm, I'm sure there were things I said second hour that were first the second hour group, you know, that, mm -hmm. that the people there needed to hear that was a little bit different than the first hour mm -hmm. group. Yeah. So um, you said that a lot of things that you might have cut, you actually included this yeah. week. Is there anything that you wanted to share that you actually did leave out? Uh, I left out one quote that um, I was trying to figure out how to work in and then ultimately decided like I, I can make this point without necessarily quoting an un, you know an unknown commentator. If I say, oh, one commentator that I read this week said, um, then that doesn't, you know, there's no reason to particularly quote the person. But the quote was something like, there, there is no um, life in Christ that does not also result in a life that looks like Christ which I didn't mm -hmm. put as succinctly in the sermon um, but got that point across in other ways I think mm -hmm. yeah so um, we do have a question All right. maybe a few submitted oh. by Greg Needham okay hey yeah. Greg shout out to Greg the uh, our main commentator on the Facebook posts yes thanks so much for keeping Good job, it alive Greg. that's right <laughs> Okay, so um, he said this has come something that came up in their um, home group, their community Ooh, group, all right. after listening to your sermon. So they would like to hear more about your spiritual director, your counselor. Yes. Um, yeah. And how did it originate? 
how well does he know you and how often do you talk? Oh, that's a great question. So my, uh, th this guy um, is also, well, I'll, I'll back up, story. He's our pastoral coach. So yes. when Jeff and I started uh, the co-lead, um, after about six months into it, uh, at the beginning of a new fiscal year, we contracted with a group called Pastor Sir out of Colorado, a guy named Wade, and Wade serves as our uh, pastoral coach. So he's, um, he's served in a whole bunch of different contexts, large and small, understands leadership development, things like that, and um, Jeff meets with him, this is over video, you know, Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever we use. He meets, Jeff meets with him once a month, I meet with him once a month, and then the three of us meet together once a month. That's how it started. We did that for a year. Just really nice having a guy who has experience, has been a pastor, serves in the church, but isn't emotionally attached to us, right? Sure. Or he can be detached in, in the right way. Um, some of our elders serve, serve the same kind of function, but... You know, if, if Jeff or I go to our elders, we're like, I'm really struggling like this. They can help, but they're also worried about the church. Yep. Right. Um, and this guy is able to sort of pull back from that and say, let me help you. Um, this last fiscal year, so beginning of July, I started meeting with him twice a month. And their philosophy is, um, they talk about front stage and backstage. You know, you've got your front stage skills, like your preaching abilities, your leadership abilities, stuff like that. And then you've got your backstage character who you really are. And uh, I, I still remember a, a graph that they showed us uh, the first time I interacted with Pastor Sir. And it you know shows your, your front stage skills kind of steadily increasing and your backstage skills steadily increasing um, uh, you know, across the uh, x-axis. And the y-axis is your age. And right around the age 55, the two overlapped, which they big, drew a big circle around and said, hey, at 55, you're finally as good in private as people think you are in public. So part of their philosophy that's kind is... Of ex that's exposing. Yeah. That's, yeah, so we're like talking about ooh. blind spots and all sorts of yes. stuff. It's like I got, I've got 20 years before I'm maybe as good as people think I am. Yeah. So part of their drive for serving the church is to help pastors accelerate their backstage growth, mm -hmm. um, their own character development. So uh, he and I have been working a lot on front stage stuff, but also backstage stuff. So uh, rather than telling everybody all of that... Um, to explain who this guy is, I call him my spiritual director. Great. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been it's been really good. So now that he and I are talking roughly every other week, we're able to check in pretty often on uh, backstage stuff, spiritual disciplines, my own formation, um, and all this stuff that God is sort of bringing up in my life to deal with. Yeah. Are there topics that you um, always make sure to address every time? Like, does every session mm. look pretty similar, or um, can it go in a so many different directions and then do you get like lose track of time yeah I mean those hour-long sessions go fast uh -huh. um, we usually start with the backstage stuff because it almost always affects your front stage performance um, so uh, right now like well, there's a couple of exercises that that he has me doing one is um, when I actually physically exercise not to put in headphones or get input or anything like that but just be uh, externally silent so that my brain can just process stuff you know right when you have undirected free time at least if it feels productive because you're you know moving and your heart rates up and all that but your brain can think and process and categorize and slot things around and just drop the anxiety level a little bit yeah I think um, you described it as like no other input right? yeah that... yeah so it's like it's solitude it's like mm -hmm. uh, freedom from input from other minds yes yeah um, so internal like a lot of internal noise but no external noise. 
uh, and then we've we've started adding for me a, a, a silence practice that is both external and internal silence. So it's simply trying to sit in God's presence, reorient. Um, basically, I just keep repeating the same prayer over and over again, trying to keep the inside of my head quiet, which it is never quiet like this. <laughs> it never yeah. shuts up. Yeah. Um, just saying over and over again, speak, Lord, your servant is here. Your servant yeah. is listening. Yeah. And um, one of the books he had me read uh, is by Ruth Haley Barton. She writes a lot on spiritual formation practices, and she talks about silence. The book's called An Invitation to Silence and Solitude. She said for her it took about a year before it felt like anything was happening. How long have you been doing it? Uh, just over a month and a half. And right now, mostly all that happens is uh, what bubbles up to the surface is how sinful I am. So I can't say I'm super excited every time I sit down <laughs> to be silent. Yeah. And what comes to mind is all the uh, amends that I need to make or people I need to uh, ask forgiveness of. So uh, it's I recommend it to everyone yes. if you want to be like Jesus yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I said on Sunday that personal growth sucks mm-hmm. thanks for sharing yeah, yeah I just no want to say something that Greg said and something that I would, I would agree with he said I appreciate Joey's openness to share about the conversation with your spiritual director and I would agree so thanks so much for going deep yeah. with us in this podcast yeah no problem so transition to something maybe more light do you have a joke or a personal story or something that you'd mm-hmm. want to end with that you had to cut for time? Uh, well, a few people asked me. So one of the stories that I had cut was the whole uh, thing about Jen and I, my wife, uh, you know, kicking me under the table. And um, just to clarify, I did not embellish that those stories at all. She has definitely kicked me under the table. I have actually turned to her and said, did you just kick me? It, it, not understanding what was happening. Um, Few people thought that I was maybe playing it up, but no, that's that's how dense I really am. And that's what that's what actually happened. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jenna. Yes. For Amen. working on that backstage stuff. Absolutely, man. <laughs> maybe we got, that is front stage stuff. Okay. It's it, yeah, yeah. When we got married, she saw potential. It's <laughs> great, don't we all? Maybe. Yeah. All right, well, that's all we've got for today's episode of Cut for Time. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a few seconds to leave a review. The more reviews that we get, it makes our podcast more visible to people who are searching for our content and for our church. So, Joey, it's time to sign off. Any final word? Any final word? I'm Pastor Joey, and make sure you stick around, because after the music, there might be extra little nuggets of surprise. Yes. And if there isn't, then you have the satisfaction of knowing you listened all the way to the end. Thank you.